I'm Davi Santos. And I'm Pasha Kalachev. And this is Either Or. Okay, so we, we, yeah. we chose a name. We chose a name. We have nomenclature. After, We've been uh, baptized. Uh, we we have the the champagne has been thrown up against the hull and the bottle has shattered. Yes, and some poor soul is very delicately cleaning up the pieces. Yes, we're ready up on the gangplank and we're about to get to the soiree. Yes, who's ready Our to maiden journey? Journey. Do you want to reveal the name that the you name... so so terribly wanted to shot down, shoot down? <laughs> It was it was shot down all week, but it persevered. It was a test. I loved it since the very beginning. Yes, let, let's say let it at the, the same reveal. time. Let's do it at the same time. One, one, two, two three, three. Either, either or, Eeyore. either Eeyore, or, Eeyore. Eeyore, Eeyore is the name. Eeyore, yeah. named after the best character in Winnie the Pooh. Yes, yes. We we thought it was a timeless story of, you know, a character that has really suffered all of the trials and tribulations of life and has yet persevered. Yeah, and he's an ass, but he's not an ass. Like, he just offers valuable insight. Though it's not Eeyore, and that's one of the reasons why, that's one of the tests I gave it. Does it sound too much like Eeyore? No, it's either or. Either or. Either is a, or. Is there a comma? Just a backslash or a forward slash. I, I, I always afford. Yeah. Well, it, there's a slash. There's a, there's a line and it's tilted. Backslashed and, and, me. You yeah. backslashed me. Backslash. Yeah, either or. Anyway, so now now we get on to Either the uh, uh to the to now we're gonna reveal the cover. Oh man, this is gonna be so awesome. Now people are gonna actually get to see the the cover art that yes. was also painstakingly painstakingly Divin. created. Yeah, this was yes. not sent out to ninety nine designs and then just commissioned out for thirty bucks. Nor, Certainly not. Nor no, it was no, developed no. by a beautiful, lovely artist. Mm. You, you mm. want to share her name? Oh yeah, Karina Ives. Karina yeah. Ives, a top. Well, I mean, she's a fantastic artist painting in realism, but her own work is follows along the lines of surreal, so surrealism. And she's also one of the top tattoo artists in Europe. So that's mm. pretty cool. So if anybody wants some fantastic tattoos, yes, Karina Ives. Yes, she will be in the United States oh so very shortly. US. Yeah. <laughs> America. Anyway. <laughs> but let's get on to more pertinent topics, Dobby. Uh, I know there's something yes. that you wanted to talk about, so take it away. Yes. Yes. Well, I wanted to talk about the nature of speaking. The fact that we're gathered here to discuss things, I'm very grateful for it, that we can share this time and space. I just wanted to begin with a moment of gratitude. <sighs> well, actually, you know, the this this podcast sort of, you know, the, the, this wasn't this wasn't something that came about entirely 
inorganically. We have shared a lot of these conversations over the years. I mean, I think we should actually fire up our our written correspondences again. But I mean, we've been. We've oh been, yes, yeah. I saved everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we've we've been speaking at length for for quite some time, and yeah. you know, this is this is just a an excuse to to continue doing so. And I think this is one yeah. of those things that just doesn't happen enough nowadays. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. How do you how how, how do you feel? Because like, you're in the you're in the hustle and bustle of L.A. and uh, like how <laughs> how frequently do you have long conversations that that delve d- deep down into various different top uh, topics Gosh. in this sort of serpentine way? Yeah, I I wish it was more often, but just the nature of our days, right? And I'm one of those people that also like if. If I'm if I'm riding my horse, I, I have all of these different accomplishments I want to have throughout the day across many different goals, while also at the same time wanting to also have like leisure, you know, like I've been trying to start my days with like a towel on the lawn and, and a book and, and a cup of coffee and just having you like, have a lawn. Sun. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's I mean, I, I live in this 12 unit mid-century building that kind of is shaped like a, a big house with like a courtyard in the middle uh, with a big magnolia tree. And there's like, yeah, we have a lawn. And honestly, it's funny having moved here in 2016 and then never really using it until recently. And it's nice. It's so nice to just like sit, like there's so many things to do, but really just starting the day with even just like a chapter with a book and getting caffeinated and you know, looking up under, I'm like under a gigantic palm tree, like a, one of those big fat ones and and a row of many little ones it's really peaceful really really lovely to start so that being said having like serpentine conversations is is like another lawn moment for me where like uh i was on the phone for 40 minutes ah but at the same time it's like oh god i finally got to talk about certain things that i'm probably running in my head all the time in the back but getting to put it in the forefront is so rewarding because you're you know we cover things that matter to us about the you know what the way the world works the way our minds work what we what we're doing what we're seeking so i'm always like very refreshed after talking how 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 true is it now the last time i was in la this was oh boy this was probably more than uh way more than 10 years ago so i was in i was in university and we took a trip it was an industry trip i i studied fit uh, yeah, FIT yeah. brought you to LA? Yeah, so I have a degree in design, so menswear design specifically. <laughs> and uh, we visited the Von Dutch factory. Not factory, but the Von Dutch design studio. And mm. I mean, say say what you will about the 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 aesthetic direction of, of Von Dutch. And it was cool to see, you know, like a mega, mega successful design house in the way that it operated. But that was actually the only trip that I took out to Los Angeles. All of these I subsequent still can't trips. believe that, Pasha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but all these subsequent trips that I took out to, to L.A. or rather California, they were uh, usually to San Francisco or San Diego and just other parts of California. So I can't really speak to to this question, but are people in L.A. as, as superficial as people say? That's very interesting you just said that because I literally, not 48 hours ago, uh, was brought up the subject when um, a friend was talking, a new friend, I mean, a friend who's new to LA, uh, 
was talking just about that, about uh, the the culture of let's do lunch and so forth. Uh, and honestly, it, it comes down to, yes, it's an industry town in a big way. But on the other hand, it's it's also a metropolis. It's a, it's a big city. So you're going to find, I would imagine in America, like you just, or maybe it's just a culture of big cities everywhere. I'm not sure. But one way or the other, there's so many incredible people in LA and my, my community uh, of of close friends, friends, pleasant acquaintances uh, are it's so extensive and and it's all wonderfully authentic people. And so I feel like the idea that oh you're always confronting fake people is so overgeneralized because you're just confronting strangers and then you find people that you like and that are real and then they're part of your community or your extended community. And so mm. all your interactions are with really lovely, authentic people. And it's not like it's rare. Uh, I mean, yes, like finding like friends, you could say like friend friends is rare, but like finding lovely people with whom I'd like to have in some way in my orbit, I, I wouldn't say is, is difficult in this town. It's, it's a creative town. You have so many people that are, um, artistic in some way. And and those that aren't are refreshingly interesting thinkers in other realms. So no, it's that what you say exists, right? There's there's people who maybe they're just like looking for uh, maximum popularity or or immediate wealth and are willing to just put up faces for it. But like you can imagine that is in many different areas in our country and big cities. Right. Or even small towns. Like, get, what mm. about all them? Uh, like the, the that uh, it's not even a trope, but almost right. Like, oh, go into church and everyone is smiling at each other. But really, like they're talking about each other behind each other's back. Like there's countless stories about those kinds of communities. Right. So and that's small town. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I what what I've sort of come to. I mean, this is actually quite an interesting phenomenon. So for, for anybody who's who's moving to a larger city and is looking to to make friends, usually the people that you... So for instance, if this friend of yours, Davi, like you can ask... Usually the friends of the person that you already vibe with, they're probably going to be cool people as well. Like exactly. if they're... I mean, just by, I don't know, just like-minded people tend to congregate with one another. And I mean, obviously yeah. we all have our, you know, different, different strokes for different folks. And I mean, you know, this, this doesn't pertain to any particular, I guess, personality type, but if, if you like somebody be like, Hey, can you put me in contact with some of your friends and maybe we can grab a coffee together and, and this and that not too, not too long ago. This was in Tbilisi. I was put in contact with. So I had some friends from St. Petersburg, Russia, come down and hang out. The Tbilisi, like, the Republic of Georgia. Yeah, yeah. So I had some friends from uh, from St. Petersburg come down, and it was and it was dope. I mean, these were some of my good friends from uh, from when I was living there, and so they ended up meeting up with their friends that also moved from uh, from Russia to to Georgia, and. Uh, they happen to also be really dope individuals, and now they're some of my best friends in mm. in Tbilisi. One of the one of the guys actually, this is this is pretty funny. He was like, "This is actually out of the blue for me. This type of I don't know. It just never happened for me in New York." But um, he was like, "Yeah, so my my wife just flew in. Can we stop by so she can meet you?" And I'm like, "Man, it's nine o'clock. Like the fuck? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever." <laughs> 
<laughs> and like I, I, I'm now terribly inconvenienced. I need to like find tea or whatnot. And I was like, man, this is so weird. Why? It's like immediately I was like, why do they want to? Why does he want me to meet his wife? This is strange. Yeah. Uh, but she came over, and well, again, you've never been in just... a throuple before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, no, it, but it, just by by sheer fact that he's awesome, his wife was super cool, mm. uh, and we spent like a lovely hour and a half just shooting the shit. And I was like, this is mm. so nice. This is so mm. just energizing. <laughs> and, you know, I was ever grateful for it. So, like, as weird as that may seem on the, you know, uh, I guess on the receiving end or or on whichever end, it's like, mm. yeah, if you if you vibe with somebody, be like, hey, can you introduce me to somebody? And if, you know, usually it's it's by those proxies that you can make some, some quite lasting friendships. Or in this case, trust when uh, your friends... Want to when they're offering someone that they care about that it's going to be someone that you're going to enjoy spending time with as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right, because in this case you didn't make the request; he offered it, and it was like, "Oh, why now? Nine? What?" And then ended up being so nice. That's that's a really lovely example, and I could absolutely. I mean, that's not really in our culture, right? Like last minute, hey, I'm swinging by your house, introduce you to somebody. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> It's so no, yeah, especially <laughs> you know? when, especially when you know that it's because in in Tbilisi, like this is I've been living there for for quite some time, but it's not like you know I'm I'm well positioned in in the local ecosystem. You know, there there wasn't really anything that he like could want from me, so it was a purely sincere request. Whereas I guess in other places in in New York, it's sort of like, hey, so you're a producer and. I have this really cool friend that we're just going to come over and, and it's, oh, that's, you know, a, a, that's screen, tactless, a screenwriter though. looking for, you know, financing. No, but that's, that's horribly tactless. Inviting Dude, oneself over last shit, minute. Oh, well, I mean, I can imagine like setting up a soiree, but not in the, like the, Dude, Hey, I, we're showing up to your house today. <laughs> I have a, that's I have a crazy. wild, wild story. So, so back in the day, this was back when I was studying <clears throat> at the, uh, at the Esper, Esper studio. <clears throat> and there was a, an acquaintance of mine who was at, at one time, a good friend. And then by means of, I don't know, having his ego consume him, we, we stopped uh, conversing. But at the time, you know, he was fresh out of the Esper studio. So all he was doing 24 hours a day, all these acting exercises, and, and he really started to kind of smell his own farts of his own talent. <laughs> And it was just at that point where it was like four, it was honestly like four years of doing like really intense, like spiritually opening acting exercise. And he was a fantastic actor, but also, you know, some of them get fucking crazy. And after the four years, he he graduated and, and this and that. And he was like, all right, now it's time to time to find an agent. Spread my wings. Right. So what he did was he was like, I'm just going to walk into the offices of like the top agencies in New York and just with like a little packet with a with his resume and a thumb drive of, you know, some minor performances that he did. He didn't really have a reel. Um, He's like, I'm just going to put it right on like the main guy's desk like the the guy with the with the corner office that's going to be my agent i'm gonna put it on his desk how does he and get so, past reception but okay go on uh well so the first agency huge agency he walked in the secretary was like you can't 
<laughs> like no and he couldn't get past he couldn't get past the the like the desk people and also security so he decided to go up the what is it like the side entrance where where you know what are they called contractors go up you know oh like, like the freight staff. entrance yeah, yeah 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 so he went up the freight entrance he basically went in the side door and he managed to pull it off like like psychopathic shit like he walked into the yeah, office it's, it's of, like number one do not do yeah and so but the thing is like he he walked into the office um with so much like confidence and gusto that nobody stopped him they're like oh well he you know probably just another he's a good looking kid like like tall good looking really fit clean skin like he didn't look like he just rolled off the street and also with with all of the confidence that he has learned to act in the past four years at the Esper Studio. Anyway, he walked in, found like the the head honcho while he was on a on a phone call, and <laughs> while he was on a phone call, and then sat down at his front desk. And the guy was like, "Who the fuck are you?" He was like, "I can't remember the exact thing he said, but he said along lines of like your next big star or like some oh, some bullshit like that." Yeah, oh, and then God. he. Then he threw the, he didn't throw it, but I mean, he placed like the file folder on his desk and he was like, look, I just came in here and I, and there's a, there's a, there's a thumb drive there with my performances. And I can guarantee you, if you take a chance on me, it'll be the biggest win of, of both of our careers. And then he quite cordially, he was like, thank you for your time. I apologize for, for doing this in this manner, but I look, I look forward to hearing from you. And the guy was absolutely floored, but at the same time, he wasn't being aggressive and he got up and left and he actually got a call from the motherfucker. Right. And so, and th this is like the story that he's telling me, like we're sitting in union square and he's like, I did this thing. I was like, dude, you could have gotten fucking arrested. Yeah, so don't try like, this at yeah. home, kids. <clears throat> yeah, he was like, yeah, I know. But that was sort of like my second option agency. There's this other one that I want to go to and I'm just going to do the same thing. I'm like, Can, please don't. Like these things usually only work once and the rest of the times is just, it doesn't end well. The second time I end up... <laughs> So I, I didn't hear from him for like 24 hours. And then I get a call from the police station. He, well, his, uh, he was living with, with a small boutique agency manager. He was living with his manager somewhere in, in, I think this is like right across the river in New Jersey, like not too far, but he, but he got a, he, he gave me a call because he knew that we were friends and he said, Hey, so I need to talk to you because he's he was just taken into the police agency and they ah, don't think they called it <laughs> and, and they they don't think that he's stable. Like we need to have oh, a conversation because uh, he's a little bit unhinged in the police station. No, he's not. And he's so, just acting unhinged. <laughs> and so and so it turned out to be this whole thing. Uh, but the the guy like oh. literally you know lost his marbles. And what uh, happened? He, How did he lose his marbles? He couldn't find the fright elevator this time. He lost uh, the fright. You're lying to me. Are you are you are you familiar with uh with Paris syndrome? I don't know if we talked about this before. Stockholm syndrome. I don't know Paris syndrome. Pa uh, Paris syndrome is this uh, is this really interesting phenomenon. So people have this uh, this this I idealistic uh, perception of Paris, of the city of love. And, oh, and, yes, know. yes. It's the disillusionment that one has, that one gets when they go to Paris. Well, right. Well, the thing is, it does put people into the hospital. And I think we have <laughs> talked about this 
before, but it it happens. <laughs> it actually happens from mostly from people from that. All right, I'm not going to like mention the 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 demographics that tend to suffer mm. from more so than not. But people like literally have a mental breakdown because they they go and then they see Paris and that it's a it's a living breathing city with like shit on the streets and you know problems with you know crime and and it's it smells bad, it's dirty, it's it's very far from this idea of you know uh, mur and and and, sure. and like macaroons and and the Arc de Triomphe and Trocadero and all that bullshit anyway so i think he suffered this lapse where he was just punched in the face by the reality that he couldn't bend to his will from strange to me though i'm missing uh, part of the story here which which part well like if it worked so well the first time and then if it doesn't work the second time like how does that freak one out well it worked so because he he couldn't understand why they didn't let him in and so he actually started to protest and this oh. is this is ended up like he he basically went they they called the security he started getting aggressive with the security they called the cops he started getting oh aggressive God. with the cops uh well and then he just like couldn't understand why like he 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 was like I'm not in the wrong you're in the wrong for even trying to detain me Anyway, so he had this mental lapse, and then I didn't see him for like a couple oh. months. He had to he had to go back home and and stay with family to it's, sort of recover. It sounded imminent, and also it's it's really basic. Like you you get any book or you talk to anyone. I mean, for someone that has four years of training, they're extremely green in the sense of. I mean, he must have been made aware that that tactic is not only unorthodox. It's it runs a risk of being, you know, completely unprofessional. <laughs> so for someone to to do that in any office is, yeah, it's really bold. And if it worked once and wonderful, but then, uh, and if it doesn't work, then one has to be completely aware that what they're doing is 98% chance not going to work. Right. Well, so then they just like, okay, they excuse themselves. But the idea that he was unaware that he wasn't allowed to do that in any work environment well, is what indicates that his his mental fragility he, was preceded it was proceeding yeah i mean he he there there's a a significant amount of mental fragility but going through the the esper studio myself and i mean obviously i'm not, Broke I'm, him not down. I'm, I'm not pointing fingers that like the uh uh, the Esper Studio produces psychopaths. Um, oh, not- let's just do an aside <laughs> that William Esper, it, it's just one of the <laughs> post, like, uh, big acting studios of the 50s. I think the Esper Studio is one of the um, well-attended and respected schools as well. One of, acting one in, of the in absolute best. The... But going through, going through that program there, I mean, they really teach you how to open yourself up over and over and over again i mean you know some of the you know they 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 be they make you so sensitive as to look at a sunset and just you know out of gratitude just start bawling and i mean these are some of the exercises it's like have a good like find something that you can feel so deeply that it that it brings you to tears and after four years of doing just that and not going out into the world of of auditioning and and doing the rigmarole of dealing with agents and just bureaucracy and this and that i mean you could really 
you know, lose that sort of uh, grounding that is also Sense necessary. Of reality. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we laugh no. about it, but I mean, this, this actually happened. No, yeah, but he sounds like a sick person. Like, it doesn't matter if you're learning all these techniques and such, it shouldn't make you into a, a crazy person. And, and crazy is being used here to apply to someone who lost touch of, of very kind of normal, average understanding of, workplace mm-hmm. behavior right like it, you should highly sensitizing yourself if anything should make you even more aware <laughs> self-aware in those kinds of environments like bravo for being bold and trying something out like that's you know, like one is running a risk when they do that and that's not it's not i mean one could say oh it's crazy to even try that and in a certain way it is but What's crazy really or what's crazier is to try that, to fail, and then to presume that it's actually everyone else that is mm, getting right. it wrong. And that's where it, it seemed like you can't go to acting class. There's no class that makes you lose that kind of sense of reality. That The, the poor guy was clearly already sick before that or sick or anything. There's uh, this there's this one there's this one board game that is based on sort of the the entirety of Hindu teaching. It's called Alila, L-I-L-A. And so Lila is a is a term in in not Hindi, in Hindu, in Hindi, possibly. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but it means game. It's sort of the the understanding that life is a game. And this is a classic understanding in, in Hinduism that, you know, it's that of existence is this this grand charade it's a play and and we're all divine beings all the world's a stage uh, yeah more or less but anyway so they they made a board game out of it it's sort of i think about three thousand years ago and there's about 72 different little squares on it and they all correspond to different different hindu teachings and Mm. you play with with like an object that so you take an object that is dear to you so for instance if you have a watch you can put a watch on the board uh, and that's the that represents you moving through the cosmic ascension from the lower planes to cosmic unicity at the at the very end at the very top level at the very very top square and you know there the story here is that uh this is this is somebody was telling me about it they usually the people who there there are guides for this game that can kind of tell you it's like oh you just rolled you play with a die so you just rolled a 10 and you landed on this square and that means this and what it the the cool part about this game is that you can draw parallels with your own life because, you know, you you take an object that belongs to you. It's supposed to represent you living through life. The the game itself, Leela, is supposed to represent your existence in this plane of reality. And so, for instance, if you can't get past this one stage in the game, that's the game telling you what to focus on in your life to to continue your own personal ascension in your own personal life. So it's like this, it's like tarot cards, kind of, you know, they can kind of hint at the things that you need to be perceptually aware of. And so there was, 
there, there's this one couple that that ended up. This is an acquaintance of an acquaintance, and I heard the story kind of down the grapevine. But there was a there was a couple that was playing, and the guide was you know. <laughs> had had more or less of a god complex and instead of telling the people about the individual squares they actually like gave them the info but also uh gave them recommendations on what they should do in their own personal lives and so they played the game and on one of the squares you know the interpretation was that the 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 girl had to leave her husband and because this was the first time that they experienced anything that was that was so relatively true and heart opening and this is the parallel that i'm drawing with you know acting classes and how a lot of the exercises do open you up and if you aren't ready for that it could be quite earth shattering for you as an individual and yeah she ended up leaving her spouse of of however many years that they were together just because culturally they weren't ready to receive this this information she happened to live in a in a small in a small city in russia where you know it's it's very secular understanding of life um and there isn't any sort of spiritual aspect about it and so the first time that you do anything that has anything to do with the soul or the heart and if and it rings even a little bit true and paired that with you know this guide who thought they were wiser than than they actually were uh and pair that with uh with some bad advice and you could really uh set your life off track significantly mm. Uh, how popular is this game in India today? It's it's actually quite popular, quite popular. Mm. And after hearing this story, I was like, "What happened?" Immediately, I ordered the game. <laughs> mm. I was like, "I need to play this," and it's really, really cool. It's, Don't play um, with your girlfriend. You might discover something. It's uh, if you, I mean, if you want a a, a fun crash course, uh, of Hinduism. Just, you know, pick up Leela the game and they usually come with a little booklet that tells you, you know, the the origins of the game, the origins of, of Hinduism, how you should. And the thing is, it's 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 like tarot cards. You know, it's um, if there are any parallels with your life, then then cool. It's a fun little thing that you can, you know, maybe reflect upon. Um, but some people also take tarot cards to like this degree that, you know, they, they flip a card and all of a sudden they have to quit their job immediately. Mm. Yeah. I haven't met too many people that change their lives from tarot readings, but uh, tarot readings, but I suppose that also it's more likely to be those people that like dip into the place late at night or who have relationships with their astrologers or something like that. Well, it's people looking for answers, which is yeah. also, you know, it's like we're, we're looking for some sort of truth. Or like the final push towards something, mm -hmm. like the indecisiveness that they, uh, that or that we may live in, and then looking for that final, like, give me a sign to finally choose between yeah. these, these this quandary, between these two options. And then you see the, the, the sword symbol, and you're like, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do, right? I mean, uh, I've I've been in so many, I just countless times where you know I look up at the heavens and I'm like, just tell me what to do. <laughs> right, right. And someone yeah. bumps into you, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, dude, you know what I just remembered? This was a beautiful, beautiful moment that we shared in the in the metro of of Moscow. I remember 
you saw a girl crying and you walked up to her and you asked her for the time. Do you remember this? I, yes, go on. Yes, I vaguely do. And I, I think I remember telling you what it was after you almost admonished me for like going yeah. up to her. Yeah. I'm like, you piece of shit. Like she probably, her cat probably died and, and you're asking her for something entirely or, or irrelevant. Far worse. Yeah. And interrupting and, her grief was kind of what you were admonishing me for. Yeah. And you explained it as just having a, a, a just momentary reset, breaking the, you know, negative, a negative loop. And mm -hmm. once you put it in that context, I was like, how are you so wise? <laughs> yeah, the feedback loops. It's a it's a real thing. You know, we get ourselves and we're like thinking about something and mastigating it and we're stuck. I mean, Lord knows that. I, I mean, this happened so recently. I was um, I was just watching a few things. I was I was doing some research. and I had to watch. I uh, don't have to go into what it was, but it was, I was just feeling very sensitive and a little bit emotional and a little bit existential. Then it's before you know it, you start going into these like feelings about like the world. And it was late and I was alone and I was planning on doing this work for a, a few hours into the night. So uh, as soon as it started getting like, it's not pessimistic, but um, but just like a little bit raw. I get a phone call from a friend uh, who literally invites me to this marvelous, like members only magic uh, club in 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 L.A. And what is it called? The Magic House or the Magic Castle? Yes, magic Castle, exactly. yeah. The Magic Castle, and it's you need a it, suit to go into that place. You do exactly, and and they literally asked me like, how fast can you put on a suit right now and and a tie, and pick me up and and we can go and like immediately my entire feedback loop which was about to be not a downward spiral per se just in terms of mood we can say it was a downward spiral but it wasn't sadness or i mean it was a little bit but anyway like that feedback loop completely broke and it and it would have broke even if it was just the phone call to to ask me about anything uh hey i just wanted to check in about this or that right it would have been over and then and then that feedback loop would have been it would have disappeared and then on top of that, it was like an invitation. And now suddenly my night was completely different. And sure enough, like those feelings were gone. And when I came back to the research, it, I was in a different state and uh, I was I interacted with it in a very different way. And so whatever that night would have been, no ceased to, ex to exist. Right. And so I almost I almost uh, don't want to call them feedback loops. It's almost more like feedback spirals because a spiral will actually imply that you're still going somewhere, even though the path in which you're going is very circular, but you're still moving towards someplace. And sometimes it's an upward spiral and sometimes it's a downward spiral, depending on how you interpret up or down, whether it's emotion or mood or, or, or the quality of events. Right. So yeah, she was in a, in a, in that moment, it looked like she was in a downward spiral. Let's give her some relief. Just a moment to look at someone else and to remember that she doesn't, the thoughts in her mind aren't the only things that exist in the world. And the conflict isn't the only thing that, that is happening inside of them. Reconnect with the world for a moment. And then you come back and hopefully it's, it's just a little bit refreshed. And there's just another point of view or like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this moment right now. I'm going to get up and I'm going to move. And so we'll break that spiral in one way. So yeah, break our feedback loops whenever we can or build them if it's something positive.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, not that we're not allowed to grieve, of course, but yeah, you know, sometimes it's nice just to have a little shake off. I mean, this is the why the clinical trials of, you know, MDMA assisted psychotherapy or psilocybin assisted psychotherapy are or ketamine. Uh, Right. There why uh, there's such great results for that. For people that are suffering for from, uh, say, depression or things of a chronic nature, mm. you know, these are mm-hmm. uh, these terrible negative thought patterns and, and thought loops that have been just just undulating for such a long time that it's it's almost impossible to break free from them. And mm-hmm. once you take a heroic dose of mushrooms or or whatever it may be under, you know, a, a proper environment, you could break free of that and you could be like, oh, that's where that was coming from. And then you could sort of take a step back, look at it, and then at that distance, start doing the work to start mending. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. That's why, I mean, personally, I was, I was like... 22 uh when i discovered like how healing it is and i try to make it a point to do it on every birthday to go Mm -hmm. off in a in a big old hike for by myself for half a day to just walk in like the woods or like on a beach or something and and yeah exactly and and just sort of i mean it's it's a it's psychedelic but it's also very metaphysical deeply metaphysical to your relationship with existence and the world and when you start really tinking tinkling with like those wires and the and and, the, and those muscles it it really kind of yeah it rewires right and they and there's studies that indicate how you're growing new brain cells and it and things are uh electrifying neurons are electrifying in different ways and pathways and so forth so it's yeah, it's very <clears throat> therapy it's very therapeutic super therapeutic significant amount of neogenesis I believe that's that's what it's called. But there's also a lot of other mushroom types of mushrooms that that do. I know there's you know there's cordyceps, there's lion's mane, there's there's a whole slew of them that have these just wonderful wonderful properties that promote new new cellular growth specifically in the brain. Yeah, the but environment counts, uh, of course, to setting yourself up so that you're in a space where you could also draw these conclusions and and go through that that path just to differentiate between the idea of just like oh if you take it this happens it's like well you know you take it you're at a park you're at home you're at some place where it's it's calm and you could actually allow yourself to to go through be led right as opposed to the the recreation recreational idea as well as like the culture of microdosing which it, it, you could say has positive impacts but also people are just you know doing it for fun but also if you microdose so much, it's very different than like actually doing like a hero dose where you're literally having like this mega experience, which is why it should be done in a place where you can have the experience. And it's not like, you know, you're at the club and you're like, Whoa. microdosing, microdosing is, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there, there, there are proper regimens for microdosing as well. You know, you do need to take days off. And I mean, it's a nice little, you know, it's like a creative cup of coffee. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not gonna, I look, if you are experimenting, well, 
with with psilocybin for for treatment of any sort of depression or anything of that nature uh look into a like a proper loop breaking dose i think that is going to be like put yourself on the rocket ship and that'll probably be the, <laughs> the the quickest way to deal with it because you know the the uh, microdosing. I mean, the, this isn't like a like an antidepressant that you can take daily and it's gonna it's gonna cure. It's it's usually, and I and I tell this to to everybody who's just about to <laughs> go on a mushroom trip. It's like mushrooms; they have their own intelligence and they know what you need to work on. Mm. And not to get too woo woo about it, but you know, to to get to the point of a mushroom trip where you see these beautiful colors and textures and, you know, have the more lofty and, and enjoyable notes of the experience, you need to do the work first. And usually that shit comes up first. And so when mm. people say, oh, I had mm. a really terrible trip, it's usually them not having a terrible trip. It's them trying to run away from their problems. Resisting, resisting, and, and, exactly. And, it, and it's, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where the only way out is through and you need to like look your issues straight in the face. And yeah. I've yeah. I've personally never had an experience where anything was... Uh, hallucinated meaning like i never hallucinated anything that wasn't real Same. as far as or lost uh, track of what was real like you saw something that well technically what, hallucinatory but you're like well aware that you're like well on a well no no no, no. I, I i meant to say like um there have never been any demons that came up that weren't of my own making that's what I meant by by hallucination. So it wasn't anything fabricated. You know, if there was some darkness that was uh, that that I needed to confront, it was usually you know my relationship with this person or the way that I treat myself in these situations, and mm. and they were all from within. Like it's not the skeletons in the closets are all of your own own making and yeah, the beautiful they're part your about skeletons it, it's not like yeah, a, yeah. a haunted house and it's a ghost of someone else it's like it's your own ghosts it's your mm-hmm. own issues yeah. that are manifesting yeah there's a there's a great documentary by Paul Stamets it's called Fantastic Fungi mm. Fantastic Fungi mm. uh i the, think it's it might still be on Netflix but you're if a fantastic you, fungi <laughs> if it goes into all like from a to z all things mm. mycelium related mm. really really cool documentary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that i i think the idea of also bad trips is kind of amusing and in, in that like yeah you could have a trip and just like ball your brains out or like have um like a really emotional time but you go through it and then afterwards you're it you're so kind of refreshed and and it's you're expelling but you can also imagine like seeing exactly the idea of running away the idea of 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 seeing things that you don't want to see and then really trying to push your way out and being fearful now that you're in an experience that you don't want to have and now you're distracting yourself like it it just it convulses and and becomes more convoluted and that's when I think people have so-called bad trips because there's this, they just don't let themselves go. Yeah, there's this Native American saying, 
because uh, a lot of these these plant medicines they do come from native cultures and indigenous cultures mm. and they say it's like the white man has mm. fun at night but then feels bad in the morning the mm. red man feels bad at night but then has fun in the morning Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so like like if you're if you're going in for an ayahuasca ceremony it's like yeah you're gonna be doing some fucking work overnight but when the uh when the sun rises boy does the sun rise yeah yeah it yeah i would much rather go through the work and and feel like i'm elevated and my eyes are open and my heart is open and I'm overcoming personal obstacles and and dealing with the rust of of tools and and parts of myself that once were thriving and then thriving again than just having like a wild time and you wake up with a hangover and you've literally earned nothing except like a fun memory. <laughs> like yeah, there's mm-hmm. a place for that, but there's this whole other universe worth of of growth that's possible uh, with these tools. I mean, there's some people are just unaware that it exists or they're, yeah. I mean, it's a relationship between, well, I, I've called it psychonauticism. Uh, the idea that you're, you're there to explore your psyche. You're there to explore your, your mind and, and your world uh, in this intimate way. And you're open to, to what happens. It, it, really encourages a, a deeper relationship with yourself as well as your world. And, and if you're going deep, you're going to find marvelous, marvelous things. Right. As but also, to... <laughs> yes, go ahead. Also the, the disclaimer that, you know, if, if you do not feel that it's for you, then don't do it. Usually the, yeah. again, just the, the, the wisdom of the mushrooms, you know, sort of is part and parcel of the wisdom of the self. And if, uh, on a deep intuitive level, you don't want to do it, don't do it. Don't let anybody force you into it, especially with, you know, the proliferation of ayahuasca ceremonies. And I know they're putting freaking DMT into vape pens now, which is just, a just a just a, a, gr- a gross bastardization of yeah. you know something that could be you know really positively life changing, but uh, yeah, just listen to yourself. Yeah, if you don't want to go uh, camping in the woods <laughs> for the week, don't do it. If, oh, if you dude. don't want to, if you don't want to go on the trip, don't go. But if if it's something that's calling you, it's because there's there's someone on the other line that has something very special to say. I went camping in the woods before going on a on a on a major uh, sort of venture uh, that required my in, entire uh, awareness and openness. So I, I went um, just for like a night. You know, I bought my tent and like went out, and it was so cool. Just to it was my first time by yourself, alone by myself, and it in wasn't like deep in a tent with uh, the top um, in the Angeles National Forest. Which is yeah. like an hour yeah, north of, uh, okay. you, yeah, like L.A. has like the Hollywood Dude, that's Hills, how right? people so, get uh, murdered. No, no. It, unfortunately, all of the actual like camp camp sites uh, were closed off. There's like major road closures in, in the woods, unfortunately. Uh, so I ended up having to go to like a town uh, and then like my server at the restaurant 
was like, well, we we go for free at this spot all the time. And it's like literally <laughs> off of a road. Uh, and, and there were like other people camping and you could see like their their uh, it was really comforting. Like there, there were other sites. Some had like campfires with people that were just like talking. It was very peaceful and it felt very secure. It wasn't like I was by myself uh, mm-hmm. 40 minutes with the backpack into the woods. But, you know, <laughs> it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. But it was just enough that it was still like you go out and you it's nature, right? You're surrounded by trees. You smell like leaves. You see stars. And that's really cool. It was really cool. I highly recommend that. Did you did you see any wildlife? Uh, only wild peeps. Only wild, wild, pe- wild people. No, I didn't see any wildlife. No, 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 no. It was, I, um... it was, it was yeah. I recently started reading this. Well, I actually finished this book called Coyote America. Do you know who uh, who Dan Flores is? No, I don't believe I know Dan Flores. Dan Flores is really, he's a writer and former pres- uh, professor. He He's one of those, oh, almost like anthro- anthropological historians that, writes these incredible books on very specific topics and mm. they're they're so well written it's not just a just just you know fact after fact after fact and so he wrote a couple couple of really interesting books there's um coyote america that goes into the entire history of coyotes in the united states and how they were this pest problem and then they try to get rid of them and once they you know after they they went on this 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 rampage on killing all the coyotes all of a sudden you had just all the other vermin like i mean it just entirely destroyed the ecology of the united states and so they had to reintroduce wolves and then they try to kill off all the wolves it's like people do some stupid ass shit when when it comes to just fiddling with the ecosystem biology nature yeah yeah but no there's there i mean you have a lot of these 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 wonderful national national parks in the united states where i think this is out in in colorado but people go out and they specifically they perch up and they watch through these these scopes it's i can't remember the name of the ridge but it's like over over the the valley you have this this plot of land where the where the wolves hunt the the coyotes mm. and so yeah th- this is why i asked if you if you saw any wildlife because i mean if, i know there's a hell of a lot of coyotes or coyotes however you want to pronounce it it's that that's also <laughs> the the name itself is 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 hotly debated you know depending on where you are in the united states oh um, is it coyote america or coyote america yeah, well, uh, the etymology... It's definitely etymology- not coyote ugly. <laughs> coyote ugly. Well, yeah, it's coyote ugly, but, you know, the etymologically speaking, it's a, again, it's a, it's a Native American word. There's this, you know, there's this lore of this this whimsical yeah, coyote. Yeah, very much like Puck uh, in Shakespearean, yeah. Robin Goodfellow. He's like the mischievous, highly sexual... Coyote. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's he's always super rambunctious, always getting. But he's he's also this god, so he he mm, has yeah, these he has mystical qualities. 
but he's he's also sort of like the Loki character of Norse mythology, you mm. know, uh, wily, getting into trouble, kind mm. of like always uh, shooting himself in the foot, disguising himself as other characters so he can sleep with the wives of. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's really, really yeah. funny. Luring the maidens in the strawberry yeah. bush. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm literally looking at my my copy of the American Indian stories uh, across from me. My dad gave it to me when I was like 12. I don't think he knew just how sexually lewd some of those <laughs> American intense, Indian tales yeah. are. <laughs> You're extremely lewd. Yeah, I was just like 10 and like seeing these hilarious like pictures and uh, and I, I couldn't wait to tell like my friends at like school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's if you're. If you're getting off on ancient like stories of of uh, um, of like humanized animals, anthropomorphized like spirits, I think you're okay. Yeah, well, it's no, nice no to. I think a lot of those you have Native American lore. You have there was always a sense of 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 comedy. You know, there's there there is this yeah, this humor uh, absolutely. There's this impetus to not take oneself too seriously. You know, this is why the Buddha is always laughing. You can't take life too seriously. Yeah, what is and, it? He um, who, who he who loses his ability to laugh loses his ability to think. Uh, where did I just see that? Oh, inherit the wind. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. What's inherent the wind? Inherit the Wind, the the play, uh, Jeremy Lawrence, uh, about the evolutionary biologist, uh, the school teacher who was sued by his small town, uh, his very Christian small town that insisted that the Bible needed to be taken literally and that the earth was created in seven days and uh, and tried to, and basically like he lost his job and they were suing him for teaching evolutionary biology in science class. Mm. Yeah, and... Uh, and so he was defended by a really great lawyer and the and the Christian uh, side of the school side of the the town was represented by this presidential candidate who used to be the voice of the people uh, and was you know, quoting Bible scriptures and so forth. And uh, one of the there's a moment when one of the uh, the, the girlfriend of the school teacher is um, is upset. Uh, Alfred Molina just played him at the Pasadena Playhouse. He's great. Uh, wonderful but he's he's making light of the events and she misinterprets the humor as just someone who doesn't care as so many times one one may right if you're making jokes about something it's like oh you don't you're not taking this seriously but in fact it it's such a mechanism for your ability to take it seriously and for Mm. your ability to engage with with otherwise extremely difficult challenge uh but by bringing humor into it somehow it becomes more of a joyous act as opposed to just a trepidatiously dangerous one where you're just aware of the stakes and it's just adrenaline and stress. Somehow you're able to do it in a way that you have a wink in your eye, a certain light and you can do it and thus un- un- unlock it, right? Unlock well, it the, also, the challenge. Just that, that little bit of wiggle room that is appended with through humor makes the entire topic that much more anti-fragile. I mean, the the fragility of of just absolutely strict doctrine. I mean, this is why so many people, you know, want to thwart it when it's pushed upon them. It's like, you must do this and this and this exactly by the book, and otherwise God will smite you, you know, whereas if you can loosen the grip and, and 
see those lessons for what they're worth and add that flexibility, it becomes a lot more pal- palatable for people to to embrace uh, on a level that's that's more true to them. Yeah. Yeah. And don't we also see being more true to them that when we also bring humor into it, we're kind of able to see it in, in a way that's almost more full, you know, because when we, when we remove all of that, the, the, the weight of the, the world becomes just that becomes a weight. And, and so our attitude becomes something that is just bearing, enduring, mm-hmm. as opposed to, just reframing it in a, in such a way that with humor it floats and if at the yeah. end of the day atlas is still carrying the world but it's floating above him as a result of his own intentionality then why won't alice why won't atlas choose to have it float over him instead of holding it right so I atlas think could be the uh the uh well Oh, the comedic timing on that one. I was gonna. I was trying to make a joke out of Atlas's. <laughs> Atlas is actually hanging from it, but then I was. It, it got too compli- complex in my head, and then it all fell apart. And then that pause, and then and now we're they were exactly at an hour. So let's just. Yeah, sorry, sorry, guys. <laughs> on that note, it's the end of the world. It's the end of the podcast. But don't, don't dismay. We'll be uh, here again. We, we come. We come back. Yes. Yes, Pasha, thank you so thank much for Thank you, Dobby. And uh, yes. until the next one. Until the next one. Take Bye-bye. care. Make light, make joke. Bye.